Yes, it was Knights of the Last Call, and they they put out a, a a live stream right after, just a few days after ours. That was called "How to Use Incentives in TTRPGs." And what? I was like, mm. What is the chance? Mm. What is the chance that we do one about that, and then literally like four days later, another group does almost? That's a niche topic. I yep. thought we were the only ones that stole people's time. Right. <laughs> I thought we were the only channel doing DD stuff, so evidently I'm wrong well, about I mean, that too. So. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geekscant, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this evening. Uh, both of them in the house. We've got uh, the Dwarven DM, John. Did you guys hear about that uh, the really awesome piece of Larry Elmore art? Uh, it's like a dragon and a dude fighting it. It's pretty cool. We should we should talk about that tonight. Red dragon, yeah. It was yeah, it was a red dragon. Thank you. Red dragon, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. We should yeah. definitely yeah talk we more about that. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got uh, the other red dragon, Troy Sandlin. Hail and well met, fair travelers. Oh, try hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get a new title now, Troy, because I I think that we have to keep alive the memory of you running around in a dragon costume. Oh wow, for, for sure. Entire, yeah, yeah. If you have, if chat or anyone listening at home, if you have not had a chance to see <laughs> Troy not running, not flying, waddling through Gary Khan in a dragon suit, uh, you, if you speed, seen it, you've speed waddling, out. speed waddling, speed, yeah, 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 speed waddling, yeah. He channeled his inner, yeah. inner penguin. Yeah, and uh, I almost I almost took a header into the floor, and <laughs> and, and, and I almost got it on video out. too. Almost got yeah. it on video. I looked I looked for every single person that videoed that. I thought probably saw at least three or four different angles. I didn't see one of them where you where you almost fell. I was bummed. I was I was gonna get like yeah. a I was gonna make that into a gif and then put, post that somewhere. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. All I remember uh, is somebody going, "Hey, watch it!" I'm like. <laughs> I'm a dragon, rawr. I'm a dragon. I, it's like, watch what this dragon does to your pile of stuff now. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. So tonight is a special night. We actually have two special episodes in a row. Um, tonight we are going to be talking about the D&D movie. And then on Tuesday we're going to be talking about Slaying the Dragon. Which I'm excited in equal measures about both. I'll tell you, when we announced that we're going to chat about slaying the dragon. We said that last Sunday, right? I am already three quarters of the way through a fourth. Listen, oh, I'm just wow. gearing up for our discussion. So no, that makes me want to listen to it again. Now. Okay. Get super yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm also super excited to, to chat this movie. Um, it's been a while since we've done a movie chat. So yeah. it's kind of, and this is awesome because it. it's a D and D movie. That's right. It's hmm. it's the blend of it's the perfect geeks camp blend, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Whew. Okay. So let's let's lay some foundation here. This is how we do things. Um, by and large, we're gonna start off with a grade of some sort from each one of us, mm-hmm. and we're going to do a very short spoiler-free section, and then the bulk of this chat will be devoted to spoilers in general. Um, so I feel really good about that. That's what we've done before. Um, I think it, it fits nicely. The reality is that 
this is a movie that we want to spoil the heck out of. And there's so much to talk about mm-hmm. that I think we're going to have to dance around a little bit. So anyhow, whatever. Um, let's see. Troy, do you want to start the the review process here? Give us a give us a give us a letter grade. Um, just a letter grade for right now. A letter we'll come grade. Back around. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know if I want to do a letter grade. I'm I'm gonna. You know what? I had such a good time with it. I give this I give this movie five out of five Bradley Coopers. Five out of five Bradley Coopers. Thanks. All right. I. I I understand. Okay. You know yeah, I know exactly where that's coming from. That's I don't know that yeah. you can do. Yeah, you can get a better score. I, I not no. Especially There's not just, on the Cooper scale. There's certainly not, not on the Cooper scale. Not but, on the Cooper but, scale at all. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you could get six out of five, but that's just. I mean, that's unheard of. No, I, yeah. honestly, uh, a letter grade for me for this movie, I'm giving it an A. An I a? just oh, nice. I I had so much fun. I laughed my butt off. Um all of the cool Easter eggs that didn't need explained to other people, you know, cause it's like, it was in there for those people that knew mm-hmm. and it didn't detract for people that, that didn't know. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, Oh, this, they did it right. I was, I was overjoyed. I do have some critiques, but they're kind of like the standard critique. Why do you hate I, this I, movie? I just, Troy? How much do you hate this this movie after giving it an A? What critiques do you really have to give? No, 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 no. Obviously, the A was just the setup so that he uh, could, could you could tear well, it down. I feel like it should like, be an A, but what I really feel is <laughs> well, no, it, it, the fact that you know, uh, I it should have been two movies. Hmm. Yeah, because there, like that. you know, it, it's it was one of those where we've got to get it. We've got to get it in this time, this this time frame, and it's it's like the first foray. We don't know if it's going to be successful, so we don't want to make it a, a make it two movies or a trilogy or whatever, just in case it bombs or whatever. So we got to fit it all in. So there's a lot of stuff that it very much like a campaign, which is also part of the reason why I liked it. You know, it's like, oh, we're doing this over here now. Bloop. Now we're over here. Why? Well, the, the DM hand waved it. He didn't want to do the travel part. You know, yeah. that's, and that's what, it, so even though it was disappointing that you didn't get the travel part, it was like, that's hilarious because I'm picturing the person above the movie, the DM, not the director going, uh, and, uh, yeah, you guys make it to Waterdeep, you know, <laughs> that kind of a thing. It just, I, I had a lot of fun. Beautiful, beautiful, uh, John. I I got a little preview mm-hmm. of of your response to this, and folks that mm-hmm. folks that follow you on the social media did as well. But um, all five of you, thank you. What Why don't you uh, give us your uh, your letter grade for this this movie? So there's I've talked about it before. There's this thing called the the uh, the Hitchcock the Hitchcock, the Alfred Hitchcock said it's the refrigerator moment where uh, like midnight the night after you watch a movie, you're sitting in front of the refrigerator getting a snack and you're like, Hey, about a movie that you watch, right? You really love it at first. And then you, uh, and then you're like, Oh crap. You re- you realize all the things that you, you were kind of like caught up in the moment in the theater. Right. I kind of had the reverse on this one. When I first watched it, I came out of the theater. It was a C. Got like a good C. 
movie. Like I went and watched a movie. It was, I enjoyed myself. I don't know that I'd watch it in the theaters or like would have paid the 15 bucks for myself to go and see it or anything like that, but whatever. At this point, I'm kind of like inching up the more that I'm going back in my head and thinking about some of the stuff that I like the, the, the stuff that I've enjoyed, it's going on repeat in my head. I'm like, I don't know. That's more like a C plus, maybe a B minus. I don't know. Like, so I'm kind of like, I'm having a, like a, a debate with myself about how I really feel about it at this point. Not a bad movie. Uh, it is, I will easily say it is the best Dungeons and Dragons movie that we've received so far. And that's all the cartoons and other forms of media that's out there. Yeah. Which to be fair, that is a high not water a high bar. bar. Yeah. That was it, and that that statement was as intended. So, let's yeah. take it for what it, for what it's worth. I love Michael's gentleman's C. It's a gentleman's C. <laughs> I love that. That that's going in my lexicon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. So, I think I'm going to fit kind of sort of in the middle of you two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was what you just described as the refrigerator moment. Mm. Not exactly that, but the theater experience for me was an A. Mm. Okay. Like, like I walked out of the theater being like, I don't know that I could have had a better experience with this movie, except that I was in the freaking front row. And that, that's always brutal. No, um, the, but then the you neck know, breaker section. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, then uh, it was actually a couple days later, I was on the road and talking with someone. And I think I managed in that breadth of time to knock it down like half a letter grade, maybe. Mm. So like A minus B plus, that's where I'm really sitting right now. Okay. Like lots of things I love. Several things that bothered me. Mm. Um, and I think we're all coming at this from a slightly different angle. So that'll be interesting. Um, so, uh, that's, so, so we've got, we've got uh, a C plus B minus from John, a B plus A minus from me and an A from Troy. So like, that's a good gambit, right? Like that's Mm. a good, like a good spread. Mm. Um, but there's no notice. There's no D's. There's no F's. No C minuses. There's also no A pluses, right? Right. Um, yeah, mine's, mine's a very strong B plus. A minus in there because of the the, the couple critiques. Yeah. Okay. I, did. I mean, I couldn't have had a better time. I yeah. don't think. Yeah. Um. So let's do this. Let's 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 now do this spoiler free discussion. Mm-hmm. And what I'd like to hear, maybe we'll start. Uh, we'll start with John this time. Mm. Tell me in a in a non spoiler way the. Th- the types of things that you liked and the types of things that you didn't like about the movie. Mm-hmm. And we've already kind of danced around this. So this is just a more in-depth themes, ideas, acting, those sorts of things, right? Yep. You got it. Uh, let's see. The One of the things that I liked and disliked actually was one of the things that Troy mentioned with the Easter eggs. I wouldn't even say that they were necessarily the Easter eggs. I felt like there was like a weird word D and D jargon vomit that I got and it didn't hurt my feelings. I, th- I liked those things, but from a perspective of bringing people into the game and into the the world and the lore and stuff like that, like nobody really knows what a harper is, things like that. Right. Like they're, you're just like a bunch of names. I, I felt like I was watching uh, like, just like something that I didn't know anything about. If I, if I had gone into it and didn't know anything about D and D, I probably would have been confused. By oh my gosh. That. I, you know what? I completely agree with you. 
especially in the sense that I felt like I was watching a D&D movie that was written by someone six years ago, which is probably actually what happened. Yeah. But like, I'm like, the guilds mattered way more six years yes. ago than they matter at all right now. So and it's, what and a it's fascinating fine. choice. Yeah. What it felt like to me is like that the two guys that wrote and directed this, first of all, they knew they knew what they were talking about in, in regards to the, the setting. And they knew they understood how the game operated. They knew what, like one of the things that I really loved was also another thing about it that I, that was like, it works in regard, like a tongue in cheek. Oh, I get it because I play D and D and I understand how this works at the table versus, but that's not what this is supposed to be for anybody that doesn't know what D and D is right. If you've never played before, you don't understand the whole, like, well, why did we skip so far ahead on this thing? And what is that? What is this reference over here? That's going on. Like, so I'm just not, I'm kind of thinking coming at this from the, like the the D and D purist that's played for thirty plus years, like I have I have certain feelings about it, and then for somebody that really wants people to get into D and D and to enjoy the IP and for it to be huge, right? Like to me, I felt like this movie had a lot riding on it. To where, like, if we want to see more D and D on streaming, television, movies, and things like that, and seeing different adaptations of stuff that we love, this movie's got to be successful. Or like you're gonna, it's gonna be another ten years before we get another another mm-hmm. crack at it, right? Or more. Right. So that's kind of one of the things. And then there was like the, it was very tongue in cheek, which is fine. They were, I think they were trying to go for the Marvel vibe, which is that's, I get that. I'd like to see at least one shot at kind of like a serious vibe out of a movie or out of a D and D movie at some point. But I understand why they took this formula because it's been so successful for Marvel. So it's kind of like a guardians of the galaxy slap, not slapsticky necessarily, but kind of like it's a beer and pretzels D and D game. For, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, I also felt like the editing was super, was kind of choppy uh, that they were, that it was like they skipped past certain things. And that's a lot. There were a lot of really empty characters that were just kind of there as set dressing. And the ones that you're re- like, I'm supposed to care about these four over here, but I really only care about these two really. And then they're kind of forcing me into trying to like this other guy that's over here. Right. Like I'm thinking about Simon. Right. Uh, but I don't really like, uh, but the, uh, the Druid, I can't remember the Druid's name now. Doric. Uh, Doric. Yeah. Like I don't care about Doric all that much. Right. It's like this really like ham fisted, um, like here's the reason why you should care about this person's background. Right. Um, and then that's like the last that you really hear about it throughout the rest of the, there's no payout at all for any of that kind of stuff. And then I think the last one before I'll, I'll hand it off to Troy and Zach is I just didn't give a crap about the enemy at all. The, the villain, the villain was, boring super boring it was like the 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 prototypical um which that's fine too if that's what they were going for i felt like i just didn't have any there's really no buy-in to the villain at all like and the like any betrayal or like um you know stuff like that i really like the 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 villain just didn't pay out for me at all uh in the in the movie so those are kind of like the highlights i'd say that's like editing and pacing was off uh, it felt like it was, you know, just a crap load of D&D terms that probably confused the average viewer. So kind of like, what I'm thinking is like this first weekend is when they're going to get like this big, a big stack of cash. But if the, the long game has to be people that don't know anything about D&D coming back and listening or watching it based on word of mouth. Right. The D&D fans will come back and they'll watch it, too, again. But I need re- you need repeat viewing from other people. And then kind of like just like really two dimensional characters that i really don't care too too much about except for maybe like the main 
the, like the main two or three in there are the ones that I kind of really care about. Everything else is just like a cardboard cutout character that they, they puppet around uh, and, and mm-hmm. it does their thing. And that's kind of it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess on my end, um, I definitely will agree that I think that I would have liked this to be slightly more ensemble than it chose to be for mm. the cast. Mm-hmm. Like the part, like uh, that's going to be my, I'm going to, I'm going to echo two of your negatives and then I'll, 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 I'll do some, some of my positive sides. Um, I was hoping that we would really fall in love with not just the the main you know uh edgin and holga right chris mm-hmm. pine and um michelle rodriguez but that we would fall in love with the whole crew and that we'd have this party of people yeah. that we we wanted to see for it and i agree with you that i think that i mean you can like the others but they definitely didn't get as much attention so like um i it was definitely chris pine and michelle rodriguez's Mm-hmm. movie with the others playing support which is fine i just hope that the rest of the party gets other opportunities in future works or whatnot to to shine because i think that's part of the coolness of a of a dnd group right is that it's not just one person it's a mm-hmm. group um so um that that was a note and then um you talked about dnd references and maybe I'll use a little different one. I loved every piece of that. That said, that was the thing that drove it down half a letter grade for me. And I'll be careful about how I say this because I don't want to get too into spoilers. But there were several comedic bits that, and, and, and just scenes in the movie that my kids came out of the movie being like, I didn't understand that. I didn't get mm-hmm. it. Oh, the adults in the theater were laughing about this part, but I didn't understand. And I'm like, oh, and then, thinking back I'm like oh they didn't understand by and large the D&D references mm-hmm. and that's also going to play true for at least some part of the audience in general and I'm like the one that um, I'll, I'll be careful here though but it's in the trailer so I, I'm not too far off but the one that really stuck out to me was the um, speak with dead spell mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious my kids did not understand what was going on and the joke of it that, you know, it's it's this arbitrary thing that you can only ask five questions. What that is a very meta joke. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't care about being meta with things like attunement or things like that, right? They are like, no, we're gonna redefine what this means for a cinematic experience as opposed to an ar- a game experience, right? But in but in a couple of places they chose to keep the arbitrary game rules in the world. Mm-hmm. And those were the parts where I'm like, I love it, but I think I would be willing to trade my love of that for it to be just that much more accessible to folks. Um, and so like, you're not going to make me happier, <laughs> but you'll probably make, you know, a percentage of people just a little bit more invested in your movie and I'm willing to trade that. So I would say that those are like my two, like, let me, let me echo this. So your experience with the kids not laughing at certain points and you kind of getting it. I'm thinking about this. I went and watched it with my wife and there were a handful of kids that were in there. There was, there were like one or two guys that were in that theater that were like a laugh track. 
They yeah. laughed at everything because they got it. And they probably felt yeah. like they're, it's like, ah, oh, well, I know what that means and nobody else gets it. But the problem was it, it's felt out of place in the theater like there's just these two guys that everyone like on either side of the theater, every once in a while, they're just laughing in the weirdest spots. I understood why they were laughing, but my wife, when we came out, she goes, why were they, there's like these two guys just laugh the whole time. It's like, because they cut because the writers were winking at them every single time that that happened. And you didn't get the joke because you don't know all the little, all, yeah. little, you don't understand all the Easter eggs. And to history professors benefit and Gert, like 100% they explain it. It was, I think the rules of it were understood by my kids. It's mm-hmm. just the joke of it, yeah. the funniness of it, and that discussion of like, why is it so art? Why does it have, this seems like an arbitrary thing. Like that went, and to, to be clear, we went and saw this in a packed theater on that Sunday, well, well before. It mm-hmm. was only D&D people in that yeah, auditorium. Mm-hmm. Like when you say these two random guys over here, it was the entire theater <laughs> guffawing on mm. every every wink and nod right mm. so um but anyhow that all that said let me let me say that so my we we, we we went my wife went my two kids went my two brother-in-laws went and we couldn't get all the seats together so my wife and her brothers and my son sat up wherever and uh, my daughter zoe and i sat in the front row right and uh, we talked about Zoe a little bit on the show before, but but one of the things that she's told me over the last year several times is, well, A, she loves D&D, but B, she wants more warrior women and stuff, mm. right? Oh, nice. Right. That's been a big thing for her is like, she's she's seven um, and she loves all this, but she it's, it's eye-opening as a dad to see your kid, your daughter ask for things that you have a million examples of for yourself. Right. Like Mm -hmm. boys don't come to their dads and say, I need, I want to, where's, where's all the warrior dudes? Like they're on every street corner in every movie. Right. Um, so sitting there with Zoe and having her be engrossed in the movie, and her getting to see not just one, but multiple warrior women up there on the screen and having her engrossed. In, like, I was bawling like 20 minutes into this movie and I did not stop through the whole thing. Like, for me, that definitely colored my experience, but it communicated something about this movie that made it more special than just another action movie or Mm. another whatever like and that covered over i'm sure it covered over a multitude of flaws um but it was so cool to watch i mean she's seven she's in a theater she's she what she's watching the entirety of this two-hour movie and then we leave and her and her brother are just getting into the car and talking about their favorite characters and their favorite moments and like she says, I like the girl that can change into things. And Sherlock's saying, oh, that's a druid. And she's like, oh, what's a druid? And he's trying to explain, to, like, that's that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like that, and and I think that the th- there's a component of, like, a shared experience in that way. There's also the component of, like, and we talked about this a little bit um, um, a week or so ago, but 
there's also this idea of for all of us and for me just on the tail end of it but for all of us we grew up in a time or we we found the hobby in a time where it was despised mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was really cool to be in a theater packed theater seeing people laughing and having a great time and people, you know, seeing big stars on the screen and for your kids to love it and for you to walk out and there's, you know, hundreds of people standing outside in the lobby talking about it. And like, like it definitely, definitely meant something to me on that. And so I know that a lot of that isn't necessarily about the movie, but when I'm communicating why this movie is great we can talk about a lot of the other things but at the end of the day like those two things are going to stick out and it's going to make it a movie experience that i'm going to remember 20 years from now whereas uh an a or an a plus movie that i have very few flaws in i might forget you know in six months you know for first for another thing um so uh, anyhow, that that's my that's my kind of rundown. Is definitely I saw some flaws, but I'm gonna have a hard time getting too invested in them at this point. Uh, Troy, what did you think, or what what would you cover on that side of things? Uh, I would say, that as far as you know, the, the the critiques that you both gave about you know the the different um, pieces of lore, the spell, the Harpers, that sort of thing. I'm glad those were in there. I am happy that those were in there because that tells me that they understand they can't write a movie that's going to appeal and that everybody's going to understand. You know, they, they went away from what Wizards is trying to do with D&D. Mm. Wizards is trying to make D&D appeal to absolutely everybody and be completely accessible to everybody and not offend anybody in any way, and, and you know, all of this stuff. They understood that not everybody is going to come to this movie with a level of of getting all the jokes, nor should they. You can't expect that. I love the fact that that they put that joke about the spell in there. Because yes, there there needs to be people that don't get it. Why? Because then they go then you go like what was the deal with the spell and the five questions? I don't understand. Oh, it's, you know, and then you get to explain it. The Harpers thing. They explained who the Harpers were enough in the movie. Now, had they put in the uh, Lord's Alliance and the and the, the Iron Gauntlet and all that stuff. Just a shotgun uh, approach to, to guilds. To terms, yeah, yeah, that would that would have been way too much. But it, it's just like going to see all the Marvel movies. They didn't explain everything either, yeah. And because you don't have to, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be expected to. If you like it enough and you're interested enough, you're going to go and find out. Yeah. Or you're just going to let it wash over you, and you're going to enjoy the movie, and everything's good to go. Yeah. Um. So i I greatly enjoyed the little things that I knew were put in there for me. Mm-hmm. And those that are like me, you know, the, the, the diehard fans, just like I enjoyed the ones that they put in the Marvel movies that were that were only in there for the the guys and the girls that read those comic books, you know, 40 years ago. And all the other things that they put in there that were for everybody and the things that they put in there that were just for the new people, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I am I'm happy that it wasn't more serious than what it was because this isn't Lord of the Rings and it never should attempt to be Lord of the Rings because this is D&D. No D&D game is Lord of the Rings. Uh, the, yeah. the two, the two, the two most popular live play shows that that everybody knows about, and that you know most people have watched that are even tangentially associated with the hobby, uh, Acquisitions Inc. and Critical Role. They they play nothing <laughs> like Lord of the Rings. Everybody thinks their campaign is going to be like Lord of the Rings, but it's always way more like Mighty Pythons. I think that's interesting. Yeah. I, I I think there's an interesting note here because I agree with you. I love the tone that they chose for this. I think the, somebody compared it to the mummy in my, in my feed Mm -hmm. the other Mm day. Like that's a good comparison. I've already said guardians of the galaxy. Like those are good comparisons, right? I think that that's a great point of, of a, a target for the, the attitude of this. This is what I'll note though. I think that, for a D and D movie, you're, this is what we needed for this next round. Mm-hmm. That said, I think that there is a really solid series or 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 collection of Forgotten Realms movies that could go a little bit more serious. Um, and we don't have to get into that, but like, I, I do think like, I think this is the movie that, that I really wanted there it to be next, right? We got the critical role show. That's for some people. Mm-hmm. Now we have the D and D movie. That's for the wide audience. And it's awesome for that. Right. It, there, I think that there is like, I, I imagine like a Dritz trilogy or something that could or the be the dragon Lance show that's coming mm-hmm. or yeah, the dragon Lance show. Yeah. There, that, that's there's... talking about the difference between a D and D movie versus an ad- adaptation of a book though. Right, adaptation. I, so. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't poke fun at, at an adaptation. But if, if you want, it like this, I agree with you. I think that this is probably the the most appropriate means to introduce people to D and D as a game and as a property. And, it, yes. and I, don't, I don't think that D and D has to be all jokey. I don't think it has no. to be all serious. It doesn't have to be. I know that you say it's never going to be a Lord of, Lord of the Rings. I think that there are some like Lord of the Rings moments and there are stories that are out there oh, that are yeah. in that same vein that I think would be really great to tell. But I think that what, if they're like, you look at the Marvel universe, the one of the things that kind of that where you started to see a dip and not just in quality, but in like in interest is that a lot of the movies just became homogenized. They're like the same Cut like all right, and gag at this point, and these are the same kind of jokes we're going to do, and the serious little bits are going to only really be really brief. Whereas yeah. with D and I feel like it's like it's just it's fantasy, and it's and the different types of story the stories that we tell at the table. Some tables are serious tables. Some t- some tables are horror tables. Some tables are beer and pretzels tables. Um, so I think that there's more than enough room in D and D as a part of the of multiverse or D and D was was a multiverse before. You know, the, yeah. the MCU was a thing, right? That you can tell all these dif- disparate types of stories with different themes and feels without stepping on any of those toes. Whereas in yeah. a, like MCU, everything has to be feel the same across the board. D&D doesn't have to do that. I don't think it's it's changed well, like that. And that's, I, I didn't get to get there yet. Okay. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. This is a D&D movie. That's the first yeah. thing you see, D&D movie. 
So that means this has to feel like what we've all experienced sitting at the table. And that's 100% what we got. Because I don't care who you are. If, if there are, there are probably a handful of groups in the world that have ever played a campaign so straight and down the narrow, you know, down the road where there was only in game jokes being set at the table that everything was, you know, you felt it. It was serious. It was this, you know, and, and everything, we always stayed in character. We never broke and, and we did that, you know, and it was so super serious. And that's that kind of a movie, a Lord of the Rings type of movie, is great for the right type of story. And if you say, you know, if it's Dragonlance, a D&D movie or a D&D show, now you're going to, you can do the more serious tones and you're going to have Tasselhoff being the comedy relief and Flint being the comedy relief because every time they put a dwarf in a movie, you've got to poke fun at him for some reason. Shenanigans. Um, but it's, it's 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 stuff like that where yes you can you can start going down that more serious path but when it's D and D yeah movie it's got to be the lighthearted it's got to be the you can't take it too seriously yes there's got to be some serious bits because just like in Critical Role there's poop and fart jokes left and right but then but then something happens and you've got a tear running down your cheek because of something that happened in a in the middle of a battle with Vecna and it's emotional and the players are crying. The DM is trying to hold it in. The listener or the watcher is like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait. And and you're freaking out. And that's what this movie had. There was some very touching moments in it. There was some serious stuff, but in the vast majority of any game you've ever played is not serious. It's just a fun game. And that's yeah. what we needed in this first movie, most definitely. Is there room for seriousness? 100%. Once you lay the groundwork and this becomes a successful thing and people's like, we can make more of these. Yes, the Dragonlance TV show that that uh, that Joe is working on needs to be a little bit more serious than what this movie was. I think that's the... Um, that was my biggest fear when they announced the D&D movie was that they wanted to angle it towards like, like they wanted to try to capture a game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and they had the D and D property. So this is what we're going to do with it. Right. Like we're going to try to rise up against those. And I think there's definitely a room for that, but I think if you're going to step out and swing, this is a great first swing. Um, and I completely agree with John in the, and both of you in the sense that like, we got this. I would love to have more of this, please. But I would also love to have more of other tones. Yeah. And my hope is that Dragonlance gets to do its own tone. And yes. you know, because what I love is for it to not be the homogenized Marvel approach. of yeah. Everything has got to feel the same. And it could be a, no, let's let this, this trilogy breathe on its own. And let's let this person go over here and do, whatever uh and and have another tone over on that side and this person wants to do their one-off spell jammer like that's what made marvel cool Mm -hmm. in the early days of marvel those first few years is that they weren't quite certain what the formula was going to be yet right and so sometimes you got duds like thor right but then somebody would walk out of left field with guardians of the galaxy and it was incredible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um 
Or you, you have see them Iron doing Man. that with, D- with the yeah. DCU now too. James Gunn's already said, like, look, the primary th- the primary bit will be like the Earth Prime. But then there's going to be all these Elseworld titles that are out there where you're going to get a Joker, you're going to get a the Batman is not going to tie to this Batman over here, and where it doesn't have to be, it stay inside of the box, so, so to speak, right? Where we can yeah. do some experimentation and take some risks outside of the box over here. Yeah. I, I well, that's a, that's a, the decent stuff. <laughs> that's that's another conversation. <laughs> um, going back to uh, the the characters, that that was one of the reasons why I, you know, I waffle on the A hmm. only because it needed to be more. I wanted more character development, like you were saying. I wanted to care about the characters more, but I also feel like you know. We, we would have had that had it been longer or two movies, I think. But also, this is a D&D session. And not every, you know, you want everybody to shine at the table every session, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they do another one and they bring back this same cast. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe change one or two people out, you know, at, at, at most. But give us another adventure with this cast to kind of and, and highlight Simon and his quest for mastering his uh, chaos magic. Or Doric and her trials with the Emerald Enclave or something like that. Go back and see Zank and see what he's up to. I'm with you on it, but I also feel like I'm going to go back to Zach's term. I think it's the most appropriate one. It's like what what I kind of think I'd had my feelings, what I'd hoped for was an ensemble cast where like you can take, they only had really like four or five characters that you had to care about, Mm -hmm. but that's how many you had in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's how many you got in Stranger Things. That's like you like, and I know that we're talking about a completely different format for Stranger Things in particular, but you can you can give people the appropriate time and attention that they need for you to give it to care about them and to kind of like flesh them out enough, right? I don't think we need the full. You're going to have one or two people that are going to be the focus points in that in that bit, right? Where it's like the, uh, but at the same time, I think they could have, they just didn't, and it just didn't. That's one of the reasons why well, it fell for me. But the the crux of the story didn't revolve around everybody else. It revolved around. Edge and, and, and Holga. Yeah, yeah that, that was their that, story that and was, their family. It was their, it was their story. Sure. So yeah. was it an ensemble cast? Yeah. Ish. But you also had the heavy lift of explaining to all the people that don't know D&D all of what's going on. You have to show them how the world spans and the magic and, and the weird things. And so it's like that was a, a, a balancing point. Do we do yeah. we really dive into the character development of the ensemble cast? Which, if you just wrote it for D and D fans, you totally could have done it. They totally could have done it. But having that other heavy lift of, well, we do kind of. There's a few things we do have to spoon feed. There's there's a few other things that we kind of have to. Well, here's a little nod to this, and here's a little thing to this for those people that don't quite know what it is. So that you know something had to. Something you had to give because because you had a, a time limit. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm with you, and I, see, I get what you're saying, and I'll I'll leave it at this for at least my bit on that. You could say the same thing about Star Wars. We've talked about that before about simplicity and storytelling, and like we know who the bad guy is because he comes in wearing all black and there's a white background. When he comes in, and he chokes a guy out. We know how serious things are, right? And I think that it's 
it's not to beat up the guys that, that wrote and directed this. They did a like I'm not like knocking that at all. I'm just saying that you can take four characters and you can do more with them like you can with Han, Leia, Luke, and Obi-Wan, and even and C3PO and R2D2 to make them more interesting than what we got with Doric, Zink, and um Simon, I, I think. I think we Zink well, in let's, particular. Let's like the, like, anyway, yeah, we could, well, maybe like in the spoiler section, yeah. honestly. Yeah, let's let's move on to spoilers because because I think we're I think we're ready and I know chat's ready. Uh, let's <clears throat> let's talk about some spoilers, or at least let's incorporate spoilers into the discussion. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the part where you in and you come back and listen to the rest. If you, I don't know why you would have yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, let's you, grab let's, time. let's grab a let's grab a drink. There you go. And come Good back call. and hit with spoilers. There you go. Put your money where our mouth is. Or something. Let's restart. John, Troy, and myself get an itch to do some writing every once in a while, and when that happens, we publish it through World of Game Design. Head on over to store.wogd.com to find books like Oceanic Depths, Scrap Rats, and Motherlode that feature design by your delightful and charismatic hosts. Again, that's store.wogd.com. All right, so spoilers. Um... I, I Jarnathan, Jarnathan. I'm sorry, I had to do it at least once during this stream. That was probably one of my favorite parts of the entire damn movie, where I laughed my ass off. Was Jarnathan, Jarnathan, <laughs> the freaking Aracocra man, freaking killed me. I'm sorry, oh I had to start gosh. it off with, with at least that much. Carry on. Well, I mean, there's so many great, great things, and I was just gonna jump into like, um, you mentioned, um, you mentioned uh, 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 Turk. That's his name, right? Is that the paladin? Oh, Zink. 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 Yeah. Zink. I really liked how blatant they were in the tropiness yes. of the their buzz characters. Kill. Yeah. Well, paladin buzzkill. Bard's going to be what a bard's going to be, yeah. right? The barbarian's going to be the barbarian. The druid's going to be the druid. Like, everybody had a distinct flavor to them that mm-hmm. leaned into the eccentricities uh, of their of their of their class instead of saying like oh well let's really try to reshape what this means it's like nope we're gonna have a wild magic sorcerer we're gonna have a shape-changing druid we're gonna have a like they are the archetypes mm-hmm. and i don't know that D 5e had in the same way that pathfinder and some of the issues before it had these archetypal characters for the different classes and i think that we got some of that in here and i love Mm. that like like that maybe is in pieces maybe the dimensionality or lack of dimensionality of some of these characters were because like they lean so heavy into it like like the paladin was just the the exhaustively you know good guy Mm. right that scene where they're like you know where he—they're like, oh, he walks in a perfectly straight line. Oh, he's coming up on a boulder. That gonna, was hilarious. That was yeah. great. That was great. Oh, but like, and I'm with you. I think as a as like a, a, I love my two my top favorite classes are easily cleric and paladin. So there's a, I think a little bit personal with how boring they made the paladin because he was boring as hell in that, and it was like so until it, he fought. 
No, well, I mean, that was sure. But what I'm getting at is like from a personality wise, I'm like, this dude is like a robot, like a holy robot, like very, very flat, very like single tone and stuff like that. I'm like, come on, man, you could do better than that. Like, I understand what they were going for. So that's not necessarily a knock, but I think it was more of like, oh, man, you can give a paladin better. You can treat a paladin better. No, that's that exactly sure. what they that, needed to treat a that was, All that of was, them do. All, is that, that that's was, all paladins that are? Yeah, pretty much. That was they did give him the history professor Mike saying, you know, they did give him that X they and angle, and I I would say that that was definitely interesting. He's like, he, this is like this is a paladin with a dark past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he's in an oath of redemption. I don't know, um, whatever. But yeah. like, like I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. That was a little bit. Um, I loved all. I like. I loved the the shtick for all of those main characters. Mm-hmm. The only one that I didn't care about. No, that, let me back off that. I love Hugh Grant, so I can't say that I didn't care about him. But I was literally like, oh, I wish that he would have had a shtick or an mm-hmm. archetype that he was. Because we have the Red Wizard Lady and we have all the heroes and all that. Like, he could have been the evil wizard or he could have been something. I, like, thought, I thought he was the rogue. He's supposed to be a rogue, but I, I, argue, rogue. I argue that uh, Edgen is not a bard. He's, yeah, he, well, he, he, did, he didn't do anything. He, all, the only thing that made him a bard literally was him carrying a loot around. Yeah, he's he is a rogue with the entertainer background. Yeah, that's what Edgen is. Period. He does do the um, he does do the um, the but it's not really him, right? But there's the magic illusion, the minor right, illusion yeah, of him playing, but that's not really him, right? That's yeah, that was that's, that was Simon. Um, Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, yeah, he he's not a bard. Yeah, like, yeah. but you're too. Like, I think we're here. We're seeing it in in chat right now. I completely agree with Mike that like, there's no real magic for the the the, the druid was a one trick pony, shape change, which that's which, fine because which you want to have like a. It most was druids at an AL table that's are one trick ponies. All they do is shape change. But so. like, it, you got like the druid is doing. Here's the thing, though. I, I think of these, and part of what I think ruins movies for me in general is like kind of like the thought process that you have to go through when you're developing a lot of, a lot of this, like I, in, in my head, I'm like, well, one of the reasons why they didn't give any of the magic is because they needed to distinguish Simon from everybody else. Because mm-hmm. if everybody could do magic, then what's the point in having a sorcerer do the magic? Because the Druid can do magic and then the Bard can do some magic and then this other guy can do some magic. Right. So you have to kind of like hone in on some, like one of the, one or two of the things that make them a unique character type, or a yeah. class type. And that's the thing you lean into. And you don't really, you kind of like, you stay away from, you know, any, like you stay on the path, so to speak. Right. So I feel like that's why they probably did that with, with the bard and with the druid in particular. They also, just as a note, uh, and Mike's bringing it up in chat, but um, they've enunciated very clearly that the druid moving forward is a shape changer. That's their mm-hmm. shtick. So that's definitely something that they're, running i i'll tell you a little funny note that like i'm so glad that we aren't these people (laughs) that's a joke um walking out of the theater and there's this cluster of people right next to the exit who are loudly discussing how a druid can she she definitely used more than her allotment of shape changes for the day i was thinking about that too internally like it's like no because all it was my wife was she goes, did they break anything in the game? I was like, oh, yeah. There was like a lot of stuff in there that was like they they bent the rules or broke the rules for the sake of the narrative. And because it was cool. But that was a great. Yeah. That, there's that scene where she's trying to escape. The she castle, swaps. She right? goes oh, from one thing to the next. Yeah. 
and it was hilarious and it was amazing. Like that's what you, I think that's the fantasy that Druid players at this point want, right? Is mm-hmm. that ability to boom, 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 well, the, and just like be the thing that they need to be in the moment. Like, and I think that the thing that's important for for players that watch the movie and that are going to be bent out of shape about that is that again, it bo- it boils down to the medium that the story is being mm-hmm. told through. A game require like has some has to have some level of balance for people not to be pissed off at each other for being like super powerful or super weak or whatever, right? Yep. So you have to put some balancing elements in play. That's why you have limits on your shape change ability, and because shape change isn't just a matter of shifting from one shape to another, it's also creating a new pool of hit points. And so there are some other mechanical things that are incorporated into it, as opposed to in a story, it's like. We, there's this really cool thing we want to do and they're a druid and they can shape change from one animal type to another. Let's just go hog, you know, go whole hog with it. And they just have a, have a good time. You don't have to really worry so much about the balance. The narrative trumps the balance. What was your favorite scene from the movie, Troy? Oh, jeez. Uh, I love the stuff with Thembershard. As soon Joey. as I... As soon as I saw that in the preview, as soon as I saw that dragon in the very first preview, I'm like, that's Thembrachog. They're in the Underdark because they don't make fat red dragons. <laughs> there's there's no other reason to make a fat red dragon unless that's Thembrachog. And it, and, it, and it was, and I was so happy with that. But uh, that was amazing. And I don't know why... I was so tickled. I mean, we were, I'm sure we were all tickled and we all at least laughed a little bit, but I was overcome. I, I, somebody cast Tasha's hideous laughter on me. As soon as the sound bit for this episode. Yeah. As, as soon as, (laughs) as, uh, the door opened and you pan down and you see a teeny little Bradley Cooper, Oh as, a, as a halfling that is Holga's ex-husband, I lost it. Yeah. And I could not recover. When they when they go into the house and he's pouring this tea in these massive cups, I lost it again. And then when his new wife walked in, gone again. Mm-hmm. I I love I love the fact that you've got somebody like Bradley Cooper, a star of his caliber, that came into this movie for a quick cameo and had no problem being the butt of this joke. Mm-hmm. And it paid off for me so well. I I absolutely loved it. Um, but I mean, there, it's hard to pick a favorite because I mean, it was all the 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 intellect devourers, the the rust monsters, all that. I mean, it was just so hmm. it was so much fun. Yeah, the the Bradley Cooper bit. I mean, I'll stick on that just for a second. I could not have been more shocked that he was in there. Could I just mm-hmm. couldn't have been like it? Uh, I'm not saying that I'm, like there's anything special about me with it, but like there's very few times when I'm watching a movie where I didn't didn't see something coming. And it wasn't like a story thing that got me, right? Because the story formula is one thing, but just him being in it, I'm like, yep. what the, what? Yes. Where Where did he come from and why is he in this? I could, I, it could have been like Gary Oldman. It could have been uh, Henry Fonda. Could have, could, like, it could have been anybody else. I would never in a million years have expected Bradley Cooper to show up in that scene. And, and the fact that 
nobody, all to the lead up of the, of this movie, no one ever said, "Hey, did you guys hear? Yes. Bradley Cooper is going to be in the movie." I not okay, very once well kept secret. I, I hear heard. This. I heard one person say, like literally, like two hours before I went to the movie, someone mm. said the cameo is amazing, and then I'm looking throughout the whole mm. thing for the cameo. I'm like, oh, that's it, right? But I, yeah, I had no real idea. Yeah, but oh, um, yeah, so good. One one thing that I loved because I felt like this was the movie hitting its stride and like really showing the best part of D and D was the the infiltration scene. Where they're getting, they're putting the portal onto mm-hmm. the mirror, then they're mm-hmm. hiding the mirror, and then it falls over, and then they're trying to chip. Like that whole scene and the, the extended bits of that were, I thought, like that's that's the moments of D that like you mm-hmm. leave the table and you want to talk about the next week or whatever, right? Like that's the cool, I felt like that was really like a perfect representation of D at its best mm-hmm. with puzzle solving complications clever workarounds like i had a lot of fun with that like the idea of she's gonna turn into a worm so that she can get out from under like that's hilarious and also exactly what the players at the table would have Mm -hmm. suggested like what's the slimmest creature that i can turn into that i can maybe get in between like like just i thought that was uh uh really 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 great um I, I I couldn't have I couldn't have asked for a better scene that way. Um, I think mine was probably in line with that too. Every scene at Revel's End was great. Mm. Was great, and I, one of the things in particular. So, like for those out there that are not familiar with Revel's End, that's the prison, right, that they were in 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 Icewind Dale. I think one of the things, first of all, Jonathan Aracocra. Good God, I laughed so hard. <laughs> And let me let me put this up, like one of my favorite things about this movie. Super important, and I think it like this needs to be like just shouted from the mountaintops. Practical effects and puppetry. Yeah, like that that Jonathan Aracocra was all practical, mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. There were they had Dragonborn that had articulating animatronic mouths and stuff like that. They yeah. had like some guys off screen that had like motion capture or like facial capture technology that was then being read over to the animatronics. And that's how they were kind of like, it was trans translating right to the performance that was happening on the screen. And Holy crap. It looks so good. It felt, it felt like a Henson. The only Henson stuff in there. It felt very like a a little bit of an eighties callback to the stuff that I loved as a kid. And I was like, that's, that takes some balls first of all, for them to put that kind of stuff in there. And then, so mixing the practical with the CGI and the technical wizardry, to, to do like to, to do the effect stuff as like, I cannot begin to tell, like I just appreciate it. So freaking much. The, the only one that kind of fell short at all for me was the, the tabaxi kid. Oh yeah. Oh, Look, yeah. Yeah. It, it, looked like a, way... it looked like a, it looked like a Muppet. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. it looked, it looked like you had like a, a tickle me Elmo that you dropped yes. in water. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, kind of like it, looked, it was a little bit too close to like a birthing scene whenever it came out of the fish too. <laughs> that kind of weirded me out. <laughs> like, was a little bit weird. Mm, I don't know how I feel about this exactly. It's all, it's covered with goo. That's probably what Mike was talking about in the chat up there. What he's like, he, there's the reason he banned Tabaxi at yeah. his table. Yeah, yeah, yeah they probably. they definitely got that short shaft uh, here. Um, I, the other thing I loved was all the magic and magic mm-hmm. items. Yeah, like yeah, that's, cool. that's what D and D should be. Right, is like crazy spells that's that are fun, but then also just like there's a magic item every time you turn around in this dang movie, and mm. that's cool. Like that's what makes it different than in my mind than something like 
uh, one of the things that makes it so much different is like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or something is like, you know, there you, you can't walk 10 feet in the Forgotten Realms without tripping over something mm. magical. Yeah. And like that was that was really fun. And they, they had those clever things like the sword, dagger, dagger sword or whatever it mm-hmm. was that the paladin had, mm. which is fun. Other weapons you have the the the, the amulets and all like there's the the invisibility um, necklace like all this was like that's something that you don't get to see in a lot of other fantasy stuff so it's yeah. cool that they just like no it's going to be everywhere and there's going to be mundane magic and you're going to hand your daughter a magic necklace because mm-hmm. that's how common magic is yeah um, I I wished I wished when uh, Holga got that axe and it fell into the Oh, that it would have become magical in some way. That it, that it would have been like have some kind of a cool effect, mm. because it just mm-hmm. looked so awesome. And she's like, oh, "Isn't it like I it's mean. it's actually a, it's based on a ma- an actual magical item though, isn't it? It looks like, like it. Yeah, it looks like the like the whatever the fire axe is that's in the DMG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the magic fight was yes. also really cool yes. at the end. They get to show off all the different yeah. like the meteor and storm and the yeah big Dirk, big magic hand. And, Girk is absolutely right. By the way, let me. I'm sorry. Girk with the bridge, that the gag, the gag amazing. with Simon screwing it up is like that's whatever. The real funny part of it, though, was Zenk going into this overly explained. Like it's the dungeon master. Like okay, here's what you got to do. This dungeon master spent like two months working on this puzzle for his table, and then it took one player to screw it up and like ruin the entire thing. And they're like, well, crap. Yeah, it's like. Like the just the over explanation of it. All right, you have yeah, to move great. forward five, and you have to be going on odd numbered rows, and then when you get to the halfway through, you have to go like it's like that was hilarious. And yes, Ferristine, absolutely, it was very, very. It was, it was so gnomish, yeah, super gnomish, yeah. Uh the the thing that creeped my daughter out a lot in the movie were the um, the um, oh gosh, I just lost it. The brains. Oh, the, uh, the in- intellective hours. Intellective hours, yeah. She did. She's she's like those are gross. Ahead, I was like, "Well, that." But I loved like that. One of my favorite things, not necessarily for the scene itself, but just for the choice that they made, was taking us to the Underdark for five minutes. Right? Yeah. Like, like it's like great. I don't want a whole movie of this, but the Underdark is such a key component of mm-hmm. my love of Forgotten Realms that I love that we got this little tiny glimpse into it, and then we immediately came back out. It's like great. Save more of that for a Dritz movie or something, but like at least we get this little nod that'll hold us over for the next eight years until yeah. whatever else I, comes out. I was a little confused because I feel like the intellect devourers were were the size of what I'd always thought a, a rust monster would be, and the mm. rust monsters were the size of what I always thought intellect devourers would be. Those intellect devourers' brains were way bigger than any human's brain. Mm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then you see the rust monsters up on a beam, and they're like the size of guinea pigs. Mm. And it's yeah. like, I think you have those confused. But I, I mean, it wasn't like a, oh, you got that wrong. You know, it wasn't like a, you know, a, a, yeah. a softball-sized beholder, but I yeah. just thought I thought they were, and the fact that the elective virus just kind of walked right on by. Yeah. The like, other thing that I noticed there that, are no brains here worth yeah. devouring. Well, that's that's insulting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the one thing that my kids that I noticed that my kids were talking about that I, I thought was fascinating and definitely was something that I brought up um, later uh, when I was chatting with someone about this was I'm like it's odd to me that the main character in this is 
it's not odd. I know exactly why they did it. But that main character is like 50 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Like Chris Pine is, he's not playing a young guy in mm-hmm. this this movie. And I know why they did it is because they knew their target audience, right? But, but here's what I noted. Both of my kids, right? I have a seven year old and nine year old. Not both of them loved every character in the party and talked about them a ton, except for Chris Pine. Mm. Mm. They did not. I mean, not to say that they didn't like him, but but if you just paid attention to their natural their natural conversation as they were talking together about different people, you know they liked they liked the Paladin, they liked the Druid, they liked the the sorcerer, um, they liked the barbarian. Didn't care about. Uh, they didn't care about Elgin, and well, and that makes sense because you know all, he he was the planner. He makes plans, and if one plan gets messed up, he makes a new plan. And that's what I mean. He didn't fight when when Holga was kicking those guards' butts. He's over there trying to. Oh, I gotta find a sharper rock. I gotta get you know. Yeah, he's he's a buffoon in yeah. a lovable sense, right? He's yeah. and and I think that we love him. For a, I mean, he's he's hands down my favorite character in that movie, right? Like I had a blast with him, mm-hmm. and I think that they knew that we would all connect with him because we love that side of the game, and we love the hero that's not really a hero that's actually just kind of a guy that is trying his best sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, but my kids definitely like said that guy is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> these, these people are cool. Well, and, well, you're not wrong. Oh, like, yeah, fair <laughs> right, right. All right. But no, I, I thought that was just really interesting. Like like you talked about Simon, John. I, mm-hmm. I completely agree. I didn't really connect to Simon. I thought he had some fun moments and like I understood what they were trying to do with him. My kids thought he was the best thing ever. Like that's mm. that's the main person they wanted to talk about afterwards. I'm like, well, he's the guy well, from the Pokemon movie, so of course they're going to love him. Well, they didn't. They don't know about don't that. Know but, 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 but you know about that. Um, but... I think they liked him because they liked magic and he was definitely the youngest or at least appeared to be the youngest mm. of the group. And, um, but he, he ended up unlocking incredible power, like all these things that kids love. Right. Um, and so I'm not surprised that they loved him, but I, it made me realize, Oh, that character's not for me. Mm. That character's for somebody else. Not to say that he couldn't have been done in a way that we both couldn't have loved him. Like we talked about earlier, but I definitely realized that like, Oh, this character they probably approached him from an angle other than what would Zach like here as a mm-hmm. starting point. Um, well, Jonathan, yes, uh, John, France Day, yeah. John Francis Absolutely. Day and Jonathan Goldstein both said they like to, they like creating male characters that are emasculated for the sake of comedy. And so that's why you kind of see that with the, the two main members of the party probably. And that's why like mm. you see like Simon is really vulnerable and he's kind of like, um, probably relatable due to his vulnerability. Whereas with um, Chris Pine is more like the, he's impenetrable, right? And it's harder for, a, I think it's harder for a kid to, to relate to that. And you're, I think you're right too. He's like 50 years old. So it's, you're, it's kind of hard to put yourself into the shoes of a 50 year old dude. And I will say this too. Chris Pine was totally just like Captain Kirk the entire time. He was in that movie. God just, just, just like, <laughs> he just, he just ratcheted up. The, the smart assery to 11 in it. Yeah. But uh, I didn't have a single problem with it because to me, like that's a bard. The bard's uh, greatest weapon should always be his mouth. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I thought, and he, also uh, his, also his, uh, the weapon most frequently used against him. Uh, that is true mouth. too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Uh, my daughter still talks about the scene with the minor illusion. Where All right. Oh, melt. oh, that was a good, that was a good gag. Really good gag. That's that's something that needs to be. That's going to have to be reused at the table. At tables across oh. the across the world. As a result of it. Oh, totally you mean the, the minor illusion can melt on us too whenever you don't concentrate it's on it? Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah. What did we think about um, the Red Wizards? I liked the backstory. I, I was disappointed that I wanted them to actually be the big bad. Mm. And I kind of feel like they focus so much on Forge, which I he was the relatable, mm-hmm. not relatable, but had the relationship. The yeah. He was the betrayer. So they, he, that, that, there's a reason that they had to, they focused on him, but I kind of wanted the big bad, they wizard mm-hmm. to be more of a focal point. Well, it's, it's kind of hard to like have into the to be teased with Zaz Tam and not really get him as, yeah. as a baddie, but, yeah. but, but, but let me say this though. Nothing could be more D and D ish than that. And, then dealing yeah. with the let's deal with the minor villain first. Then once you've leveled up enough, yes, then that's whenever that's whenever you get to fight to fight against Zaz Tam. So instead, Zaz Tam is like the emperor. Like we'll get yeah. to the emperor later on, but first yeah, you got to deal I mean, with Grandma Tarkin and all this other stuff. Most definitely, because like we all know that this party would would be an instant first round TPK if mm-hmm. they went up against Zaz Tam. At least they had a chance with. Whatever her name. Uh, I think was. her name was like Sophia or something like that. Maybe Sophia the first, right? I think that's what, it was. that's what it was. Uh, Sophina, Sophina, Sophina. That's what yeah. Was. Well, that's and, the thing too. Is like, why would Zaztam like? Wouldn't he like to take over all of Waterdeep? That's like a big. That's a coup. That's a that's a heck of a thing. And Sophina never a, really. I never really saw a threat out of Sophina. Like I, okay, I thought, so, and like from like a visual perspective, whenever she finally went like undead. And find like yeah. you could see her more desiccated, corrupted form. I'm like, yes, that's more like it. But like this, like I know maybe they were trying to go with like the unexpected, like a smaller, so. diminutive villain or something like that. I don't know. I just like uh, maybe I like the is, traditional gruesome baddie. This is the Umbridge, Professor Umbridge slash Voldemort thing from Harry Potter. Uh, Sophina was the was the Professor Umbridge. She's the one that you can. Okay, I can really, you know, well, the combination of her and Forge mm-hmm. were that. And then you've got the ultimate baddie, Voldemort slash Zastam, hiding in the background, pulling the strings. You know, here, this is the ultimate bad guy, but the, these two are the bad guys that you can mm-hmm. relate to. Well, and, yeah. and, and I it's think giving that's a, you that. I think that's an excellent tie of like Umbridge. If that's like, but the problem, maybe that's the problem. Not once did I really see Sophina as an as like a really a threat. She was just more like a problem to get behind, get a, to right. get past, right? I like whereas with uh, and really I never saw her be cruel or really evil. She's kind of like twirling her mustachio villain kind of like vibe out of her, but really nothing like a real threat out of her at all. Whereas with Umbridge, Umbridge was like you. I hated her. Like I actually like a visceral right. reaction to seeing her on the screen. Uh, these days well that, that's Maybe. why i said you had that it's the combination of her and forge because it's like when forge was on the screen when you finally find out that he was the guy that did the dirty the the, the double the, the backstab mm. it's like you son of a but he was never a threat no that's, that's what i'm saying it's like that's she, why I th- she posed the threat because of the magic because you saw that in the big fight 
but he was the one that you hated. So like the combination of the two. I don't know, man. And the, again, it, like that, the villains just both of them. Like Forge was fine as like a like the 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 Judas of the group, right? Like I, I get that, but like. I never really felt like a re- an actual real threat. The only threat that mm. Sophina really posed was on- when she was wielding the horn and uh, I think, was going through the, the ritual. But I think that's the thing is like, other than at that very last scene when she has the ritual, the threat isn't about life or death, really. Mm-hmm. The threat for most of the movie is they have his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's not even a hostage situation. It is a, she's, you know, she's, caught in betwixt and there's a misunderstanding and there's a there's half truths and there's lies and all that like it's not a it's not a threat of violence or a a threat of scale it's a threat of to the person it's a threat of loss because not not only could he lose his daughter completely but they also had the the tablet of of returning or whatever it was called so reawakening yeah yeah so so Forge is not only stealing his daughter from him, but is stealing but his only way to get his wife yeah. back. Yeah. What do we think of that end? Like, to me, like, uh, it's pretty easy to see the end coming. Yes. That, that, whole that was like, that was be. so, that was super telegraphed. Super telegraphed. I think, though, that, like, um, uh, when I, watching it, even though it was telegraphed, I thought, there was a really good moment that kind of like helped it mm-hmm. be secured for me. Like I was okay with it. And that was the moment when um, Elgin is talking with his daughter and he says, um, he's saying like, I'm trying to save your mother, bring back your mother or whatever. And she yeah. says something to the extent of, no, you're trying to bring back your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that, that was a big saves the end because that's the conflict that we needed. Yeah. Because yeah, I, if it if yeah. you don't have that moment, then the ending is pretty rote. But there's actually this conflict where his daughter was like like that Her gave m- that last bit like it's more than just unspoken. Like his daughter sees Holga as her mom. Yeah. And, and that, that's why I that didn't made, mind. I didn't yeah. mind the telegraphing because it was it, like you had that bit where it was like Yes, exactly. She was the mom the whole time, and that was. And I, I liked it. I don't. Could there have been a more original, whatever? Probably, but like, I think that it it even though it's a rote kind of like thing that is we've seen numerous times, they did lay good enough mm-hmm. pieces pipeline to where now, it is like let me, okay. Let me make sure that I clarify too, because I don't know if we're talking about exactly the same thing. I didn't have a problem with. Holga being the one that died, dying or anything like that. I think what got me was like Holga being rezzed. That's the thing that got me. I was like, this is the, it was like the most obvious thing that was going to happen. The most obvious, like you have this thing. It's, he's obviously oh. not going to use it on his wife. He's obviously going to use it on Holga. You knew that as soon as he had it in his hands on the boat, right? If you like, knew it before you knew it. It, it, it. Well, let me rephrase that. You, it was starting to be telegraphed the moment that, we knew about Holga, yes. Elgrin, the daughter, and the item. Whether or not yep. they all came together, it's like, well, yep. he's not going to use this on his wife. Yep. And if you stop and think about, well, who is it going to be used on? It's obvious that it's going to be Holga. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I agree that like that that was telegraphed. But I, I I do think that like 
Okay, it was telegraphed, but I really didn't want Holga to die. Zoe really didn't want her to die, so that would probably help my influence. But like, but it also was like, yeah, because we want, we want, because he just had an awakening in that moment that's important for him to get to follow up on, which is that he's been chasing a mom for his daughter and Mm -hmm. his wife, and he has an awakening in that moment that the mom for his daughter has been beside him this whole whole time. time. Mm -hmm. And that's important for him, I think to now have, if we get a second movie to act on that and for them to become a family in a way that he wasn't allowing them to be as much before, at least in his own mind. And I think that's, it's it's funny you mentioned that too, because the, the, the problem that I put out there of the, the, the extra two, right. The Simon and Doric being incorporated into the, into the company, why they felt so disjointed and really didn't seem important. I think where that could have probably been fixed is to where if either one of them needed family to your point, like in the next, that, that would be like, it is like the, the party is the family. The family is the party, right. That everyone has been looking for and they've had, they haven't had the, they haven't had access to, right. Like maybe that would like join them together as a company and as a fellowship better than kind of what we got. Cause the other two, well, were and I think like you're getting a little bit of that, right. right? Because kicks. they're courting, that she's allowed that courting to happen. That's right. Yeah. Right. right. So, so there's a family yeah. dynamic happening. Uh, you know, being being um maybe a Luke and Leia family dynamic going on there. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I, 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 I liked it a lot. I thought that was I, a fun I, again, I don't, I don't think there needs to be any more connection because how many, how many times do you get that in a D and D game where everybody is connected in some kind of a familial way? You grow into that. They just met these people you don't need to have it all connected in the first movie i don't think and the fact that it was telegraphed so what everything is telegraphed pretty much anymore this was telegraphed in a great way it had a payoff it was like oh that was neat how they grounded it whereas in other movies that you've seen it's like yeah you figure it out 15 minutes into the movie and at the end of the movie it's just kind of like hmm, yeah and no campaign survives telegraphing. That's for sure. You know, Kirk <laughs> beat you to the punch. Yeah, telegraphing is D and D. You know, DMs will be like, "Oh, they'll never see this coming." Oh, yeah, they will. They they know they know what you're trying to do, and they've seen it a mile away. And they still I, they still play the game. I, so. I think that let me, and I, I hate to be contrary to you, Troy, but at the same time, I feel like that's like a poor excuse for for like mediocre storytelling to me in a, in a movie, right? Like, Oh, well that's what happens. I think it's easy to hand wave that and say, well, that's, that's D and understand like, but when I'm watching, when I'm watching a movie or a film, I'm not, I don't expect that like a one-to-one translation to D and D either. Well, I'm not saying it, that. I'm saying all the movies that you, that you watch nowadays pretty much telegraph the shit out of everything. This one was telegraphed and telegraphed. Well, mm. just like, you watched Creed. Oh, this is basically the same thing as Rocky won. He's not going to win. He's going to. It's going to be a draw. I saw that coming, and there it was. And it's kind of like, did it pay off? Mm, not really. It's kind of like, I think. Okay, fine, whatever. But I this was done that, well because of that one scene. I I don't want everything to be telegraphed. I think it, I think that if no. you have everything telegraphed, but I think like to me when I looked at that resurrection amulet, I see, <laughs> I see that as very much a Chekhov's gun, right? Mm -hmm. You have a resurrection amulet, 100%. 
you put a gun in the room, you're going to use the gun at some mm -hmm. point, right? And so it's a matter of who do you use the gun on. And if I was going to suggest a note here, and maybe this is, would help John in that, like the thing that maybe would have been interesting there is to make it make there to be a, a, a real choice at the end of who's right. getting resurrected. And because because we don't have a connection to the wife. Right. Um, and, um, so we know it's not going to be the wife if you, but, but I, I think, and, and, and for the consequences of everybody in the movie, like the only person who's a consequence for, for not bringing back the wife is Elgrin, which I appreciate that there's at least him. Mm -hmm. It might've been interesting if it was, you know, this is a whole different movie, right? But if, but if it's, um, if it's, uh, Holga or it's a kid. Or it's a, or it's Simon, or it's the Paladin, right? If you give it like a choice, and they have to weigh and say, who are we going to use this on? Who's, you know, who who could we pour? I don't know. That might that might not have worked at all. But but to me, like that that could have been some weight that it's like, oh, we think it's Holga the whole time, mm -hmm. and then it gets to the end. It's like, well, obviously Holga's the obvious choice, but there's another choice to be had here, and that could be. Heavy. Okay, Girk says rock movie. I think that's we fair. Didn't, we didn't specify Girk. We didn't specify. We just said spoilers. Mm -hmm. so, but, tough. Let me throw this out there too. So, like, we're talking about the mom. That was another thing where there's a a, a movie a trope in stories and movies. They call it the lost Lenore trope. Have you guys heard of this before? It's where uh -uh. the where the female characters most in most most interesting trait is their death. Oh yeah. And I feel I feel like with the, the mom that, and just, again it boils down to like you just don't have enough time to really flesh out that character and make them super interesting, I guess. But that's why, to your point, Zach, there's there really wasn't a choice because you just the audience didn't care about her at all. Mm -hmm. Like, well, it's really sad and tragic that this girl lost her mom and a man lost his his wife and things like that. But we as an audience don't really connect to her at all outside of that. So as a result, there really there's no payout really in like there is no choice ultimately and that's why like it's i think it goes beyond being telegraphed as opposed to just like it's so obvious there is i don't think like telegraphing is like at least having some kind of a breadcrumb trail that it's going to end up happening it's like there's it's the the only possible answer at the end of the movie and which it, makes it boring but that's it you're right it is the only possible answer everybody else sees it except for edgen and that's the point. It's his story. He's the one that needs to see it. He needs to be the one to realize it. And he doesn't until the, the end. Everybody else is like, yeah, duh, no kidding. That's not, it's, it's obvious. It wasn't to him. And to me, that's the, that's the point. It's like, if, you, if again, to Zach's point, if you didn't have that previous scene, it wouldn't have been a pay. It, there would have been no payout. There would there would have been like, oh yeah, this kind of, this is kind of stupid. But the fact that he was going because it wasn't just that he he believed that he was trying to get, you know, resurrect the mom. It was it was the the fact that it, at that moment he realized it was him being selfish this whole time and using his daughter as his scapegoat for being selfish. I'm trying to get your mom back. I'm trying to get your mom back. I'm trying to get your mom back. No, you're not. You're trying to get your wife back. This is all about you. 
And, you know, again, that is a total barred thing, being selfish and, and only thinking of, of yourself kind of a kind of a situation. And he rounded that corner and was like, oh, wow. If I'll say this. You've always had your mom. I'll say this. If that's what they were trying to get across, that was completely lost in in what they were, in how they told it. If that's what they were trying to get across, that's not that's not the way that it seemed like it was being pre- presented to me. Like well, was, I, well, and I don't maybe it was I don't too nuanced to... or too subtle for me, but I it was definitely in. that. That's absolutely that's what it was. Cool, it was, that's fine. That's what I was looking that's, for. It's 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 definitely something that would have gone over a dwarf's head one hundred percent. So many yeah, things do. I can see. Yeah, many things yeah. Do. Um, and again, well here. At the end of the day, that whole thing, that wasn't the story of this movie anyway. It was, it was the whole, you know, there wasn't one center focal point. That was, that was his driving point. You know, you know what I'm saying? It just, it, it, to me, it, it does, whether it was done well or done poorly, it didn't affect the rest of the movie. It was just, it was uh, part of the story because think, this kind of stuff I think happens. An ending to a, I think an ending to a movie is the is one of the most important point, point parts of a film. Like I can't I can't begin to tell you how many movies I've watched that were really great up until the very end and like crap man what a like a lackluster oh, yeah. how many TV series were the last episode of the series was how many like how many Oklahoma? Stephen King movies more than my, enough. My wife talk about the ending here. My wife said it was really great that. You know, uh, 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 the paladin captures Forge at the end uh-huh. and doesn't mm-hmm. kill him, throws him in prison. She's like, "Oh, that's such a paladin response, right?" Like, <laughs> all she of says us with want... such disdain. <laughs> well, it's just like a is facet. She's like any other character in that moment, any other movie, like that guy's dead, right? Like he's done mm-hmm. enough. He he's gonna die somehow, even if it's an accident. We're gonna kill him. But in a D and D movie where he meet, runs up against a paladin, he's going to jail. Like what a what an interesting statement, and and I like that the idea that like I'd like to tell that to some paladins that I've that I've played at that that I've seen played at the table because I don't know that paladins always have the uh, that 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 sense of law in there in their mm-hmm. mind truly, but. I did like that. Um, okay, so we, we've talked now for an hour and fifteen minutes on this movie, so we're probably probably at a good um, point. Um, so let's start. Let's close this out here. Um, let's 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 do one last question, um, and John, we'll we'll start with you. If you got to pick one character from this movie, and you got to have a movie where they got to be the focal point. Do you have one that you would like to see fleshed out and given their own solo, a Star Wars story mm. sort of uh, presentation on? I want to see the trials and travails of Jonathan the Aarakocra. That's what I want to see. Nice. nice. <laughs> Jonathan, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, that's like the You're best obsessed. part of the damn movie. But I friggin' love it, man. It, it kills me. It was just so. The, uh, it was pretty great. Like, like, like I can just see the meme now of like. All like after that one shenanigan that they they pulled at the beginning of the movie to to get out of the to to break out, like every single prisoner that goes up for parole or tries to get out on early release, Jonathan is not allowed to be there anymore. Or like as they're they're sitting in their cell, cell rubbing their hands together, waiting for their turn to to grab the Eric Cochran and fly out the window. 
was hilarious. Well, hilarious. Yeah, was like, yeah, they they bricked it up. <laughs> like, oh, oh my gosh, it was great. Was, no, I th- yeah. no, honestly, like I think uh, let me. Uh, you know what? One thing we didn't talk about that I thought was pretty cool was uh, like the most obvious. Uh, of spoilers that was already spoiled in the commercials or clips or whatever. And that was the introduction of the, the original cartoon D and D characters. Oh yeah. Those were great. Not only was it cool, but like, it wasn't just like, I thought it was going to be, they're just, you see them briefly in the background and that's it. No, you got to see like more of them. I I only wish that I go ahead. I did not watch the trailers except for the very first. Yeah. I I got, I did not come in clipper on that one. I accidentally saw that clip and I was like, ooh, I can't wait. But it was that was cool. Like so maybe that. Maybe it's them or the definitely the dwarf cleric from the other the uh the alt D D party. That he he deserved a better a better death than death by by a by big kitty with tentacles. Awesome. Uh Troy? It would be the original party. Right on. I want to. I want to see a live. Act. Honestly, that's what I want out of this whole thing. I want to see a, uh, either a show, a, a streaming show, or a movie of the party from the cartoon, mm-hmm. and, and the the people that they had in in the movie. Yes, just you, <laughs> use use them. Give me that movie because, and it doesn't have to be a retelling of what happened in the cartoon at all. It give. Let them actually be a true party of adventurers and and, and going out and doing stuff. It, I, I just think that would be a lot of fun. I would really like to see Forge in mm. the two years that we we know like, that he has do, been at work in Waterdeep. Water yeah. yeah. What I love is, think like to John's benefit, better call Saul. I don't know that this is a one-to-one ratio, <laughs> but like what I'd love to see is like, okay, here's let's, let's take this guy and let's make him the protagonist of a prequel and we'll build him all the way up to be where he becomes the, the foil or the, the side character or whatever for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Right. Like I'd love to see forge in a movie where, or at a show where he is, like he imagines himself to be hmm. right. He is the good guy. Of course he's the good guy. Of course he, he deserves, you know, Waterdeep needs him and he needs Waterdeep and they are made for each other. Right. Like that's, that's the sort of pitch um, or, or um, that would be uh, really cool. And it's, it's not Waterdeep is it? it's never, it's, it's never winter. Never winter. Yeah. Like, Cause they start going to Waterdeep. Right. And then it's never winter after that, but, mm-hmm. but never winter is where, yeah. Um, I, I think that would be really fun. And really, that's just me saying that I love Hugh Grant and I love Chris Pine. And I already got a Chris Pine as the focal point. So now I want Hugh Grant as the, the focal point. Um, because I would happily take another Chris Pine movie that's just this character doing other stuff as well. Because he's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. if, I, if if they continue this movie, if they continue the, with this cast and another movie comes out in a couple of years... Same same characters. Any new characters? Any anything that you would do different? Because I I know the one thing that I would want to see is the daughter now included in, in the party. In the party, because mm-hmm. she's got the necklace. She's probably learned some stuff from her dad. She's probably picked up some stuff from living with Forge for a couple of years. Yeah. She's going to pick up stuff from 
Holga. She's a multi-class. She's going to be the multi-class. She's going to be arcane you know, trickster, something like that. Yeah, where she got, where she can fight. She can maybe do a little bit of magic because of Simon, or maybe Simon and Doric go their separate ways and leave the party for us. So you got to go and find them again. Or better, for me, better is start it out with Doric or Simon. Hmm. And mm-hmm. something happens on their end, and it's like, I need help, and I'm gonna have. I don't to go, know. I'm have got to go find those the others. You know. I don't know that I would have some another character that I would want to get brought in or the character type, but I know that what I would love is. I, I've said this with D and D several times now, but I would like to go somewhere other than the Sword Coast with the next mm. movie. Yeah, and I am not picky, and I will even take. Far North Sword Coast or Far South Sword Coast. Or if Eric Mingi's watching or listening, the Moon Chase. That's right. I will take anywhere, but I would love it to be something where it's like, we're going to make sure that with every movie, we're making the most of the every opportunity mm-hmm. to show mm-hmm. you more of the Forgotten Realms. And we're going to go to Icewind Dale and we're going to go to the End of Dark and we're going to go to Cholt and we're going to go to whatever. Go to Cormier. Cormier. Yeah, like that, that would be the win for me in the next movie is. Let's keep this train rolling. Where are we gonna? Where are we off to next? Silvery Moon. That would be cool. Um, you know, Dwarven. Uh, what's the what's the big the one? Dalelands. Dalelands. or what is it? Mithril Hall. Yeah, yeah, those would be awesome. Yeah, I'd be I'd be hundred percent down for any of those places. Mm-hmm. Now that would be kind of neat to have these this this group go up to the the north again to to uh, Mithril Hall, and you just get dressed walking across the background with, <laughs> with whatever. And like, then it like, and they, that would be like, that would be like the promise. Like, like mm-hmm. 40 years from now, people look back and they're like, that's as close as we ever got to a Dritz movie. Right. Was that, <laughs> right. Like, like that, that's, ah, that would be a tragedy. Yeah. Um, Cause you could have one of them go, was that a drow? And that's it. That's all you get. Yeah. We're just just look with the with the with the point like they're confused and then just like never. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Well, hey, uh, it's 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 now been forever. Um, we've been on the show for an entire day. So <laughs> uh, let's call it. I think we did a good job chatting about the movie. That was fun. Um, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, John and Troy, thanks for going and watching the movie and coming coming loaded for bear with your opinions that actually happened and, can you believe it yeah. and I'll, uh, <laughs> i actually got to watch a movie in the theater I'll, I'll i'll bring it up i'll try to bring an update not to the not to the next show that we've got but after after i take my brother to see this and uh i will i will give you his thoughts on it uh, from a a dnd neophyte perfect mm. Or an uninitiated, or I'll do what you you suggested. Is like after the movie, we'll just go somewhere and I'll record our conversation. Yeah, that's cool. Be amazing. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, chat, and until next week, we'll see you next time. Play great games, everybody, and if you know, you know. Stay safe out there. Be kind to one another. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and. 
head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook, give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed, uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube, and you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.